Grace and peace to you this morning. I want to welcome you here to LaGrange Church of Christ. And we're, if you're visiting, we especially uh, want to greet you this morning and say thank you for your presence. It was uh, wonderful to get some assistance from some shepherds this morning. That's always uh, nice. Uh, we're wrapping up a, a series of sermons on the songs of Christmas where we're uh, looking at the message behind some popular songs that are often heard this time of year. If you have a Bible, you might be opening it to Psalm 98, Psalm 98, and uh, we're going to read this passage because the song that we're looking at this morning is based off of this psalm. I will be absent next week, but uh, Frank Smith will be filling in in my place. I know he'll do an outstanding job, and so uh, be sure and be here for that next Sunday. Psalm 98. O sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made Known his salvation, he has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and the sound of melody. With trumpets and the sound of the horn, make a joyful noise before the King, the Lord. Let the sea roar and all that fills it, the world and those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the hills sing for joy together before the Lord, for He comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. I want you. I want to invite you this morning to remember what it was like to be a child on Christmas morning. And so just think back to waking up and being filled with excitement and wonder, rushing into the living room where the tree was lit and decorated and surrounded by gifts, opening those gifts in the the presence of your family, and enjoying sweet treats and one another's company. These are memories we cherish. We hold on to them and and cling to them because they mean so much to us. And we attempt to recreate these moments for our own children and our grandchildren. Why? Well, it's because these are moments where we have experienced overwhelming joy. We were filled with joy because everything in the world was right, at least as far as we knew. We knew nothing about war and rumors of war. We knew nothing about poverty or injustice. All we knew is that we were surrounded by the people we love and we were receiving generous gifts. Someone had been very good to us. And maybe if we thought about it long enough, we might admit that we were not deserving of such generosity and abundance. Of course, this would only make our our joy increase. And this is why Christmas is so wonderful. It connects us 
with an essential Christian characteristic, and this is joy. Well, as we all know, we don't stay little forever. We quickly grow up, we get a job, we pay our bills, and all of a sudden we discover that Christmas is not the same as it was for us when we were a child. Life happens and things change. You know, for some, Christmas can be difficult because uh, you've lost a loved one. And, and memories of loss can especially be fresh around the holidays. Uh, sometimes we're burdened by debt, and when we see Christmas as a time when that debt increases. Others might not be able to visit their family. You know, they might be separated from them and, and be miles away. One thing is for sure, as we grow older, we are much more aware of the sin and evil that has corrupted this world. We know all too well about hunger, injustice, war, and the many other problems that people are facing all around the globe. We might get a day or two off from work to be with family and friends, but then we're immediately thrown back into that daily grind the next day. And even on Christmas morning, we're already thinking about that coming work day. And we're contemplating, you know, what has to be done. And it's difficult to be joyous when we cannot take our minds off the thorns and thistles that we labor among. Well, in order for us to grasp the meaning of the song, Joy to the World, we must be more in tune with the little child on Christmas morning than with the middle-aged adult who frets about life and all its problems. And perhaps this is why Jesus says, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. As a child, it is much easier to experience joy and to celebrate joyous occasions. Joy is not a difficult thing for a child, but for adults, it's sometimes hard to obtain. On the night that Jesus was born, an angel appeared to some shepherds and said this, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. The birth of Jesus is a joyous message, and it should be celebrated as such. And this is what the, the song, Joy to the World, is all about. It was written by Isaac Watts in 1719. And it's based on Psalm 98. That's where the inspiration comes from. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. Joy to the earth, the Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ. While fields and flogs, rocks, hills, and plains repeat the sounding joy. Repeat the sounding joy. At the news of the birth of Christ, all the world should rejoice. All nations and all people should celebrate the arrival of the newborn king. People in Jesus' day, had waited many, many years for this moment, and it finally has arrived. 
And all that waiting and longing finally bursts forth in an abundance of praise. But it's not just the people that should be celebrating, we learn. It's all creation. It is the rocks, it is the hills, and it's the plains. It is heaven and nature singing. And this isn't from the mind of Isaac Watts. This is directly from Scripture. It's what Isaac Watts read in Psalm 98. It's what we read in Luke chapter 2. Rejoice everybody. Rejoice everything. When Jesus took on flesh and came to earth 2,000 years ago, he arrived to the sound of rejoicing. Angels, shepherds, wise men were celebrating the good news of the Messiah's birth. Now, we are far removed from that moment. Centuries and centuries have passed since that glorious day, and yet our response is supposed to be the same. Christians are to be a people filled with joy because Jesus has taken on flesh and he's come to earth. This is expressed in 1 Peter 1 and verse 8. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. Though we have not seen Jesus with our own eyes, we believe in him. We live for him, and we rejoice with a joy that is inexpressible. Is that what people see in us? Because Peter says this is who we are to be. It is what others should be seeing in us. We are to be a people that are known for our joy. We are to be like Scrooge's nephew in A Christmas Carol who shows up at his uncle's shop and joyfully invites him to Christmas dinner, even though he has likely been rejected year after year after year after year. You see, the nephew's joy is much stronger than his uncle's greed. In his letter to the church at Philippi, Paul commands... Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Rejoice, Paul says, and then rejoice some more. And this is to be our life as a Christian. Well, joy is not something that can be manufactured. It's not something that we can just, you know, all of a sudden make ourselves feel. Most people want to be joyful. That is their desire. And yet most people struggle with being joyful. So what are we to do? We know what abundant joy feels like. We've felt it as a child on Christmas morning when we believed everything in the world was as it should be. We now know otherwise. You know, we we cannot put that toothpaste back in the tube. We cannot unknow what we know now. Uh, That would be impossible, and, and it's not even worth trying. 
The joy of a child on Christmas morning is somewhat naive. They are able to be overwhelmed with joy because their knowledge is somewhat limited. However, uh, the joy they feel and express is closely related to what we are to feel and express as Christians. The child rejoices because all things are right and he or she is abundantly blessed. And we are to rejoice for that exact same reason. We cannot unknow what we know, but we don't have to. Because Jesus has come into this world to right all those wrongs. He has come to bring peace to earth. He offers us the greatest gift of all, the gift of salvation. He has promised to return one day so that we might all enjoy a great feast together. And in Scripture, this feast is a wedding banquet. But it would not be too far of a stretch to think of it as something like a Christmas banquet. Because it's going to be a joyous meal with all the past, present, and future saints. It will be a time with the people that we love where all things are right and where we recognize that we are richly blessed. And so as you prepare to celebrate Christmas this year, I would encourage you to pay attention to the joy of the children in the room. And remember that that's not just for kids. It's for all of us who wear the name of Christ. Let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning and we thank you for this time together. We thank you for the birth of Christ which brings us joy because he has made all things right. And he is in the process of righting all wrongs and bringing peace to earth. And we praise our king and we thank you for our king. And we're so joyful that he is in control and that we have given our lives to him. We're so thankful for his birth, his life, and his sacrifice. And we pray this in his name. Amen.